Well, hello, tired one. Are you feeling a bit frazzled and worn out? Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. We hope lessons from God's Word and encouragement from us will lead you to soul rest. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome back, friends, to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. We are so glad you have joined us for Episode 6, Thirsting for the Living God. I'm Nicole Olstead, and I'm here with Sharon Gamble of Sweet Sela Ministries. Today, we are going to look into God's Word and share our hearts on how to find the energy to meet with God when we are depressed or otherwise in a dark place. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Sharon. I was thinking about where to start here, and I thought I'd talk about just natural thirst for water first. Mm. It's become incredibly important to me because I have Meniere's disease, mm. and that's a disease where the little membrane in your ear is not quite right, and if I don't stay fully hydrated and low salted, I have like seizures in my brain. So all of a sudden, once I got Meniere's disease, staying fully hydrated became not optional to me. I just need to be full of water all the time and keep my fluid levels even. So hydration is important. And even if you don't have Meniere's, it is. And I'm going to tell you a story about a high school girl that I knew who had vicious headaches, like Mm. debilitating. She'd be out of school for several days because of them, and then she'd try to go back to school, and she finally ended up on anti-seizure medicine just to try to stop the, the pain of the headaches, and nothing worked. And I asked her, are you drinking water? Because I just read this book that said water does great things for like everything. And she said, of course I'm drinking water. So I challenged her. I said, how about you set up out five water bottles a day and drink them all and see how much you're really drinking? And she started doing that and her headaches, now this does not happen for everybody with headaches, I'm just saying, but (laughs) her headaches disappeared. Wow. And what she realized she'd done was sip all day. But she hadn't guzzled. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to guzzle. You, you can't do. Just you sip. have to get it down. <laughs> you have to guzzle sometimes. So, and then my dear father-in-law at the end of his life just didn't want to drink. Mm-hmm. But without drinking enough water, he repeatedly was in the hospital yeah. because he needed to be hydrated. Yes. So before we talk about um, our desperate neediness for God, I thought I would just sort of uh, point out that thirsting is exactly the right word. We are desperate for water in our bodies. Our bodies do not work right without being full of fluids. Mm. And in the same way, we're desperate for God. And even in the darkest times, we have a thirst for Him that nothing else can fill. And we can't just take little tepid sips Mm. once in a while or say, I don't feel thirsty. We have to stay hydrated. And that's really the theme song here. We're going to thirst, talk about thirsting for the living God. So how about you? Is it hard for you to stay hydrated? It is. Water isn't that exciting to drink. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, the truth. It's hard to get it in and just taking the time to sit and gulp it down. But I have uh, my adrenal glands don't work. So I also need to drink so much water to balance the electrolytes in my body or I will pass out or get really sick. And that's kind of embarrassing to do in public. So I always have several water bottles stashed. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think, Lord, did, did you allow this particular illness to come into right. my life? It's uh, a great reminder, right? <laughs> 
could be. Very well could so, be. So, well, that's, that's good that you know the value of it. Yes. And yeah, there's all kinds of ways to, to drink it, but we do have to drink our water. We do. And we do have to meet with God. It's mm. the same thing. We're very needy if we don't have yeah. our meetings with the Lord to fill us because Jesus declares himself to be living water. But our psalm for today is Psalm 63, and this is our most important part of every podcast, yes. is actually reading the Word of God, because that's a sweet Selah moment when we're spending time in His Word. So it's a psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. So it was a desert time for David, an unhappy mm-hmm. time, and we're going to hear that word thirst. So why don't you start with verse 1, and we'll just read back and forth. Uh, Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. So there's David in the desert, Mm. and he's not just hoping for God. He's thirsting, longing Mm. to meet with his God to help him handle the desert time that he's in. So have you ever had a desert time, Nicole, a time where um, God seemed very far away? Yeah, I think the first time was a rather rebellious period of my life where I looked at God and said, you know, I think I'm just going to try the world for a little bit and make sure that you are really the best thing out there. So that, as you can imagine, did not go so well. <laughs> Been there, done that. Right. But that was a self-inflicted desert. So I, I fully expected that one to hurt because I was walking away from God and said, mm-hmm. well, let me just see. I think I'll come back. I'm pretty sure. Um, thank you, Jesus, that he brought me back. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the second one um, kind of took my breath away. I wasn't expecting a desert in this time of my life. Um, I was pregnant with my third daughter. Things were going along just great. Um, and then about five months along, I started going into preterm labor. Oh, my. And so every day for several hours, labor would start up, and it just terrified me. Um, I have anxiety, and that's one of my triggers is health and my children, uh, my greatest fear has always been to lose a child, which I think is most moms' the greatest fear. Very, very <laughs> normal fear, yes. So I was confronted with that fear every day and just stuck in bed, worrying about it, stewing wow. over it. And I was able to read on my side my little Jesus Calling book and just read that little snippet of encouragement and a little scripture verse and then just prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And he would bring t- to mind... Um, scripture verses and songs just to carry me through but it was a scary time yes um after all that she came full term fully healthy i think she was a day late (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) but right after she was born i was really angry with god Mm -hmm. i got really depressed Mm -hmm. and i could feel myself 
pulling away from him and I wasn't even sure how to explain to him my anger. And it finally hit me that I was angry because I thought I was doing everything a good Christian should. Yes. I was doing all the right things and a bad thing has still happened or almost happened to me. And he had brought me too close to comfort to my worst fear. And I was angry with him for making me do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really hard, hard desert for me to um, approach him with my anger and let him know um, how I hadn't really enjoyed that. <laughs> But he uses it for his good, even those times of, you know, intense fear. (laughs) He does. And you did the right thing with it. You came to him with the anger, which is really, where else do we go? Mm. You know, if we walk away, we have no comforter. We have no comfort because he is the source of comfort. So, Mm. and yeah, it is kind of like a, an abrupt thing when you're going along just being good and wham, you get hit by something that isn't. And even though we read in the Bible about that happening over and over, we're like, but not me, you know? Right, right. But oh, yes, me. (laughs) None of (laughs) us are exempt from troubles and it's it's a hard pill to swallow. (laughs) Well, one of my desert times was kind of ironic. It's about having babies too. I wanted children so much and that we didn't have them for quite a while. And mm. finally, we had Catherine. And then, surprisingly, we had Mary shortly thereafter, <laughs> with 15 months in between them. And uh, we'd moved three times in that time frame oh, wow. as well. So I had lost, we were in the military, mm. and that's sort of normal. But I had just lost friendship after friendship. And I felt very, very alone mm. uh, with, the, with the two little ones. It was just a very, oh, yeah. very hard time for me. And my husband was going to graduate school. And so he was super busy and super not available to hold my hand too much. And I really sunk into a desert, a mm. deep depression time. I can remember, I, I had never understood depression. I think it was so good that God landed me there, allowed me to walk that mm. path because I can remember thinking foolishly, well, why don't people just, you know, snap just out of be it? happy, right? <laughs> no, you yeah. feel so heavy. You do. Even like folding laundry would take me all day and it felt like I was climbing Mount Everest mm. just to fold the laundry. And I can remember when it kind of came to a head for me was I was in church one day and this nice woman was trying to talk to me and she had a special needs child. And the old Sharon, the Sharon that I used to be before I was in this deep valley, Mm. would have smiled, would have made eye contact, would have said, oh, and talked directly to the special needs child. Right. I walked away. I did not feel I had the energy to deal with the situation. And as I walked away, I thought, God, what has happened to me? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of my wake-up call that I was not where I wanted to be. I wasn't even kind anymore. I was so locked in that dark desert time. But it mm-hmm. wasn't until I started crying out instead of just flumping there that slowly uh, things got better and I started making simple to-do lists like one a day two a day and praying and eventually God lifted it Mm, but there it was so I also have been through a desert time Mm. well let's look at verse one for a minute in Psalm 63 and just hear David's hurt It's beautifully written. Of course, David wrote a lot of the Psalms because that was his gifting. And sure (laughs) enough, it's gifted. (laughs) He says, Oh God, 
You are my God. I earnestly search for you. Where you're, you're like, okay, so David isn't feeling particularly close. Where is God in my desert? My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And there's our lack of hydration right Right. there. He's feeling it physically. (laughs) His whole body is drying up because it's not getting the nourishment, the water it needs. But he's also feeling it spiritually. Mm. And his longing for the God water is is more spoken about than the longing for the physical water because David knew God well. And he was thirsty for him. He was so thirsty for him. And so why, when he was in that state, Nicole, do you think David was willing to search for him? I think he must have remembered how good it was to be with God. He he knows God, so he remembers that time when, oh, God fulfilled me. He satisfied my thirst, my longing. So he was willing to work, do the work to get to him. <laughs> yes, I think that's right. Yeah. He knew what was good for him. Yeah, you know, it's like us. If you know we're in a desert, we all of a sudden realize water is rather tasty. Right? Oh, funny. <laughs> you know, and he knew that he needed God. Yeah. So now we're going to look at what does he do. David's our example here. We're in a desert. Mm. We're we're searching for a God who does not seem to be present. What does he do? And you nailed it with what you said. He said (laughs) in verse 2, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Mm. He's remembering what he's seen. And I think the number one thing we do when we're in this dark place is remember Mm-hmm. Remember the times when he was there. And they're hard to remember. When you're in depression, you're like, no, I've always been in depression. Right. And I always will be endless. in depression, doesn't <laughs> right. it? You're like, it's really hard to come up with times when you weren't because yeah. you're in that slog. Yeah. But if you think back, you know, remember two times that were more joyous, that can reach you. And it did reach David, which we'll see mm. soon. But the first thing he did was say, I have seen you in your sanctuary. I have gazed upon your power and glory. I I remember the times when you were present. Mm. I'm not making this up. And that's, of course, why I went towards God, because he knew that God was present. He was there. So how about you? When you're in a dark place, tell me sometimes when you've had to struggle through that yourself. So I said, I think it's funny because I some of the times when I remember God, they're always really hard times. It's never always those mountaintops. It's sometimes those valleys where He's in, in the pain with you that you remember Him the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience I more recently drawn is um, another baby story. <laughs> we were pregnant with our fourth, um, and we found out that we were expecting twins, Aww. and we were so excited. Um, I've always wanted twins. I thought it'd be so fun um, and a nice addition to our family, and we found out um, oh, a couple weeks afterward that they had done an ultrasound, and one of the baby's hearts had stopped. Oh, so we were devastated. God. So it took, a long, it took a while to process that and to kind of balance the the grief of losing one and then still try to have the joy of another one growing because you just there's this guilt of like oh should I rejoice should I so that was really hard um so during that time there was a women's conference I had already paid for and signed up for I would not have gone (laughs) if I hadn't (laughs) have already done that so off I went with some very dear friends and my mom and I was still really struggling and I had a dream while I was there and I dreamed that I had my baby in my arms 
and I saw a hand reach out and I placed my baby in that hand and I knew it was the hand of Jesus. And I woke up with such a peace knowing that my my time of caring for that child was over, my job was done, they were with Jesus and I was free to be excited for the one I still had. So that was such a moment of peace for me and that God carried me through that my worst fear actually bring me through my worst fear that time Um, and then I started to miscarry the baby afterward and it was really scary because we could have lost Clara as well and it wasn't as dark as when I was on bed rest with Charlotte even though I was losing a child because God was there he had shown me he had brought me through the previous time and I could be okay with him and this time I was like okay I'm going to be drinking that water every day I'm going to keep you close because last time I didn't do so well and Mm -hmm. this time I need Mm -hmm. you for every moment Mm -hmm. and I have remember with such fondness that the closeness that God was with me in that even though it was one of the worst times of our life God's presence was so real to me that I still look back and I remember that time He's so good. He's so good. You made me cry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But it's just such a sweet gift that he gave you that dream. I know. And I'm not usually one that has these, you know, vision dreams. I'm like, this is so real. I felt his kindness to you. His mercy. I just love it. (laughs) And then the assurance that that we have that that little one is with Jesus and Mm. lived every day. God planned very short life. But what a perfect life to go from love to God is love with God. So I have to just rest in that. Like there's no injustice. You know, it's unfair. They're so young. Right, right, right. But But where are they? They're in heaven. Yes. Yeah. Miss all this messy world. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And isn't that interesting that one of your sweetest times with Jesus Mm. was one of your hardest? I know. I love that. It doesn't seem to match up, but it's for me, it holds so true. Oh, it does hold true. And we're going to see this right now mm. because um, the next verses are going to talk about how David's still in the desert all of a sudden has a whole new perspective <laughs> on life, you know? So um, I was going to share with you first, though, one of the times where uh, God drew near to me, yeah. I had just accepted the job of National Director for Moms in Prayer. And I was taking a walk in a gunkwit, my favorite place to walk, and feeling incredibly weird about the responsibility that I had with this new job and feeling very inadequate for it. And I remember going to one of those little coves there. You kind of climb down in the rocks and you can see the water coming in. And um, I looked up at the cliffs around me and I felt very tiny. And God spoke to me there and just said, Sharon, just stay small because I was feeling very small, and let me be big. Oh. And that was my talking to from God. That, And that's sort of my theme song. Let God be big. Mm. You don't have to. In fact, please don't be big. It's really bad when you get big. Right. <laughs> Stay You're small. You're much better at it, God. Yeah, yeah. And that was the time where he met me, where I was um, longing for a word from him and yeah. where he seemed very near. So, And I'm grateful. Oh, he, does he does this for He's us. He's so good to find us where we are yeah. and give us just what we need at I that right it. time. You know? Yes. How he speaks to us. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he made it short so I could remember it. Stay small. <laughs> let me be big. That's good. <laughs> that stayed with me. So anyways, let's read again verses three through eight because we've got david parched then we have david remembering and then still in the desert just like my word you were in a desert with Mm -hmm. your with your loss of a baby um and yet just like that all of a sudden he's found god right there 
So mm-hmm. why don't you start with verse 3, and let's just hear how it all changes for David. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, and your strong right hand holds me securely. Man, he just went from depression to praise. It's just amazing. And he's still in the desert. God didn't take him out of the desert no, either. No, it's not he like he's there. like, I'm, right. I'm in a throne room and people are feeding me grapes. Right. No. For all we know, he still hasn't found physical water. Right. Uh, probably hasn't. I mean, it's all one psalm, you know. Right. But there he is in the desert. But God came. So he was satisfied. So, So what's your favorite verse out of those? I love verse 8. I like the imagery of, I cling to you, your strong right hand holds me securely. I love that. Just such a strong image of like, okay, I'm clinging to you and your hand. That hand is very important to me, you know? Yes. He's holding the baby, he's holding me. He's That's right. That hand will always be a, yeah. a visual for you, won't it? It's very it? strong for me, oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, mine was the one right before it. I liked verse 7. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I have this thing about wings. Um, Sweet Sealer Ministries theme verse has to do with wings too. Oh, that's God's right. wings. It's Psalm 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and mm. protection. And I think it goes along with, for me, the stay small and let me be big thing. Right. I just picture myself as this little bird and his big, strong wings over me, protecting me, um, sheltering me. No rain can hit a baby bird under its parent's wing Mm. because the wings are made so intricately and um, woven together so tightly that they're dry. Right. Stunning. It really is. So I just love that picture. And the little bird is singing for joy right under there. And David, in the midst of the desert, all of a sudden has that sense of God's wing over Mm -hmm. him. And he's like, you know what? I'm safe because my God is with me. And he has that wonderful, wonderful discovery. So, okay, so here's our second tip. First tip is remember from before. Mm. Remember to go to God's word. Remember that, oh, that's right, he's living water, and I need to be in his word to to, to feed on it, to drink yes. the living water. Our second tip is to start praising him. Just do it. Even when you don't feel like it, there's been times I have absolutely not wanted to praise God. And yet when I've started and I've remembered who he was, my entire mood shifts because mm, all of a sudden I've remembered mm-hmm. uh, who, who I have on my side. And it changes absolutely everything. So, well, we're not right now running from a literal enemy trying to kill us in the desert. I am <laughs> Thank goodness. kind of happy about that. <laughs> It could be worse. (laughs) But I think we can still learn from the last verses. Can you just read verses 9 through 11? Sure. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. I think it's encouraging. It just seems like even though evil is there and there's enemies, that it won't 
go on forever. Evil won't appear to win forever. Like God yes. wins in the end. And mm-hmm. if we're faithful and we're with God and telling the truth, the liars will be silent and we'll praise God. We will. We'll Isn't win. Isn't it nice that we win in the end? <laughs> yes. It really, is. it really is. I love where um, David says in verse 11, the king will rejoice in God. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I want to emphasize the word will. The mm. king will rejoice in God. Sometimes it's an act of the will to praise God. Mm. It just is. I'm remembering a night where I was in a very crabby mood. <laughs> Nobody was doing anything around the house. It was like all on me. You know, it was yeah. sort of the mother martyr syndrome. And oh, I, yes. I was, it was full moments, blown. We? <laughs> full blown. And no one had walked the dog. And I'd been out and they should have walked the dog. And the poor dog needed to be walked. And I still had dirty dishes to, di- to do because no one had done the dishes right. either. <laughs> and they were all busy. Hmm. Mm. So I kind of, you know, snapped the leash on our dog and jerked him outside and started stomping around the neighborhood just full of that self-pity that is Mm. not pleasant. And um, God told me to praise him. And Mm. I did not want to praise him. I was having fun being a martyr, but I did. I started praising him. And as I walked, I would say, oh, thank you that you're good. Mm. Thank you that you're merciful. Thank you that you are light. Thank you that you are my shepherd. Thank you that you are faithful. And I came home so different that my family was really almost freaked out. I was so happy. <laughs> Mom, what happened? I was like, whoa, mother. What happened to on that more walk? walks? <laughs> and the only thing that had changed was that I had obeyed mm. something I didn't want to do, and I willed that I would praise God. Mm. So... Um, I guess what I would recommend to podcast listeners is if you're in a if you're in a desert place first of all we're sorry and mm-hmm. we know they're hard and we've been there and it hurts it hurts it hurts and we don't want to minimize the pain or the heaviness and the stuck in the mud feeling that you have from that place mm-hmm. but remember Remember when you first asked Christ into your heart, if you have. Remember that there is a God who loved you enough to die for you. And after you've remembered, just start praising Him. Read a psalm. Go to Psalm 63. We highly recommend it. (laughs) And maybe write out in that psalm all the things you learn about God. The God who holds your hand. Mm -hmm. The God who shelters you with His wings. And sit in that for a while and follow David's example and know that this time will not last, that God does win, and that he has good plans for you. Let me pray for you in closing. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you meet us in the desert. I actually thank you for the times we get thirsty for you, Lord, because they help us recognize our great need to stay close to you. And I pray for those listening today that if they don't know you, that they will say, please show me yourself. And if you seem far away, that you would draw near and shelter them with your wings and hold them in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for joining us today for our Sweet Selah Moments podcast and for listening to the stories of our own dark times and how God found us even there. We would love to hear how God has brought you through a desert in your life. Or are you still in one? Tell us about it. We would love to hear from you and pray for you. 
You can see all of our show notes and reach us at sweetsela.org or at wordradio.net. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. We would love it if you would subscribe and share this podcast to encourage others. And please join us next time for Episode 7 as we talk about Becoming His. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. Sweet Zela Moments is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Zela Ministries. More information about this podcast, including show notes, can be found at sweetzela.org and at wordradio.net. Thank you for joining us.